I don't know. It's one of those one of those things that you just you know the the project yesterday afternoon is just uh, you know air conditioner's not working very well. Yep. Uh, just not keeping the house cool, and so you know, kind of do that homeowner interview. You know, well, what's it doing? How long's it been over doing the phone? It? No, I'm actually standing there in, in person. Oh, okay. And so I've known this guy for I don't know. He's his daughter played soccer with Paige. Oh, okay. with my daughter. So, yep. you know, four or five years, something like that, six years ago when we met, and you know, not like close friends, but yeah, whatever. Hung out at their house yep. for a barbecue or two, you know. Yeah. And uh, so he calls and he says, "Hey, you know, I I don't know what to do with this. You know, my my air conditioner just it won't cool the house off." And I'm like, "All right, well, it's that time of year. You know, we're in the high 90s this week, and uh, whatever." So I go over and look. And Rob's been tagging along quite a bit on AC calls. He just recently got his uh, uh, EPA Universal refrigerant handling license. So he's, well, I'm kind of gearing him into a little bit of uh, some diagnostic stuff and troubleshooting furnaces and air conditioning, you know. Yeah. Um, so when we get these kinds of calls, it's like ideal to have him, you know, yeah. tag along. Let's, let's right see what to start. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So... We get to look at it and find this dirty dirty air filter, and I'm like, okay, I could leave right now and say, well, it was a dirty filter, right? And probably is most of the prop the case, right? Yep. But I figure, well, we're gonna do the checkout. We're here. Let's do the checkup and see what's going on. So, you know, the the condensing unit, a little bit dirty, not too bad. Uh, pressures looked fair. And we start looking at it. It's, a, it's got a Honeywell zoning system on it. And I'm I'm just like baffled by it. Something is just not right. Yeah. With with the way the thing is running. And so I got my head kind of half wrapped around it and, you know, green lights and red lights. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I don't, it almost seems like there's a thermostat that's backwards. You know, okay. so I asked the homeowner and I'm like, hey, you ever had an issue with like where the thermostats seem like they're backwards no no not at all you know we've lived here for six years and i was like huh okay yeah i'm looking at it and anyway i they they've got the zone valves or the zone dampers for each zone wired up in such a fashion that the uh they're open when they're supposed to be closed and they're closed when they're supposed to be open Oh, they're just, did it, they put the wrong, they put the wrong zone dampers in? Well, no, they've the just got them motors? powered. Yeah. They've got them powered incorrectly on Backwards. these Honeywell. Yeah. Honeywell. So they, okay. Yeah. Yep. On these zoning panels, you can power them open or power them closed, right? Yep. So yeah, they've got okay. them yeah. wired backwards. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, that just doesn't, doesn't seem like that's all the problem because they're still not operating like they're supposed to. And then at one point zone three turns on and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the heck? Why is zone three on? And yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's not even a thermostat on zone three. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what in the world is going on here and start digging into the control programming. And here's the, the system set up to have three zones, but there's only two. So turn off the yeah. second zone. All of a sudden things start to start to respond a little bit better. And it's it's all about this this purge cycle. 
And then the fact that they've got these dampers had them wired backwards. I guess where I'm going with when the whole thing is, is if you don't step closed. back a little bit every now and then and start looking at the big picture, you'll miss what's going on. Like what the, the actual root of the problem was. Come to find out, they spliced both pieces of thermostat wire when they built this house. So they stubbed thermostat wire into the crawl space too short. And they spliced both of them to get to the zone control panel or zone panel. And they crossed them up. Yeah. And so consequently, they fought it for a while and thought, well, we must put the wrong damper actuators on. So let's just wire them backwards. And it just like seven different problems leading yeah. up to this thing. Yeah. But I I don't know. It's like how do you how do you actually I mean how do you how do you tra- teach a, a young tech how to get, how to pick that skill up to just pump the brakes for a minute and step back and look and see if you know am, am I actually diagnosing the problem right? Because this one would have been an easy one. Well, so for me, out in the field, when you're trying to teach them out in the field, like troubleshooting, right? The big thing for me is is you know the principle of what's easily taught in the classroom is start at the very beginning of the process. So, like you're talking about the AC. So, like where you know you'd tell like Rob in this case, like I know it's simple, and you got to start there though. Is like okay, Rob, why is the AC going to turn on? Well, the thermostat. Right. Okay, so let's start at the thermostat. Let's just make sure this thing is being told to turn on, right? So we do right. that all. It's It seems like second nature when you're looking at a heating system because, like, immediately you're like, well, you know, these old boiler systems stuff, like, there's only a couple things that can go wrong. And right. usually it's the, the very beginning where people are interfacing with it. That's what I also tell people, too. Like, when I had apprentices working with me, is like, look, let's look at the things that people touch first. Like, right. honestly, right. think about it that yeah. way. Like yeah. people wreck shit easily. Yeah. Cause they're like, I started pushing all the buttons, rah, rah, you know, like don't do that. You know, especially <laughs> back in the day when thermostats had like 50 buttons on them and all of a sudden, like yeah. now they got them all screwed up. Right. Yeah. Programmable seven day, you know, all this bullshit. Um, but like, yeah, you're right. How do you do it? And, you know, you, you went about it obviously the right way, but I think, with Rob, you'd be like, look, let's go where it starts. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just step back to that obvious, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, probably number one cause of uh, lack of air AC is that the furnace filter was, or the air filter was dirty and the coil froze up. I mean, right. that's like, whatever. And, and that was what was crazy about this. I mean, we could catch that thing running with zone three is the only one that's on. And the AC's still on. All the all the airflow's shut off. I'm like, well, that'll do it. Yeah. But then I then I then I question it and go, it's six years old. How has this not been a problem in the past? Right. You know why does why has somebody not complained about this before? And hmm. and it, it and it's so it's you know talking with the home because one again. zone's always going probably and that's and that's what he then then explained is well what we've found to work the best in order to cool the house off is that we run zone one on the main floor early in the afternoon to cool it off because that's where we hang out when we get home from work and then we run the upstairs zone the upper level zone in the yeah. evening because that's yeah. where our bedroom's at. <laughs> 
Well, so it's the opposite. So when <laughs> exactly. they're running zone one main floor in it's the morning, cool. really what's happening is the bedrooms are cooling down and the air is just dropping exactly. down into the main level. Cooler, yep. right? Yep. It's a whole stack effect. And then and then <laughs> right. in the evening, they're trying to cool the bedrooms down, but they're never going to yeah. because the main level is cooking on high. So, you know, it, that's it, the it, other thing. It took me for, I'll, I'll admit this, though, like regarding that, the wiring. When I was starting out, I can remember as an apprentice and and young journeyman how confusing it was to me when you were talking about normally open and normally closed. Yeah. I hated that. I hated it. I understand it now. But honestly, starting out, it flustered me to know. Like, I didn't understand it. I didn't. I fully admit that. I'm like, I don't even get this. Huh? Normally open. Wait, isn't everything normally open well why is there a normally closed option then like you know what i mean like but we're because we're talking switches and we're also over here doing water so like valves are different than electric like it just none of it it was too confusing for me when i was early on i i have to attribute a lot of my electrical and low voltage troubleshooting skills to my high school physics teacher mr jim harkins um was the uh, an awesome dude sounds like anyway a teacher yeah yeah he uh he kind of looked like uh doc and back to the future um o- older guy making, white hair yeah now you're just making shit up no that's serious he's kind of kind of was that way white lab coat all the time anyway um he we were doing a i don't know it was a, a rube goldberg yeah yeah section in in physics class in my senior year and he said he says, uh, you know, you got Rube Goldberg. The, the basis of it is uh, build a machine that, you know, that creates a, a way of measuring something or doing something that's usable and make it like abstract. And uh, anyway, we ended up building this. Uh, uh, it was like a big tower and we dropped a, a, a large steel ball through a laser beam. And it passed through the laser beam like 11 times, right? And in the process, we were able to measure the distance between the laser beams and, and calculate the speed of gravity Okay, right? through these the laser beams and these timers. Well, we had to build this timing system that went with it. And he gave us, gave us you know, a few uh, pointers and tips and whatnot and uh, Ended up having to sit down and spend quite a bit of time figuring out how to make this electrical circuit work and learned about um, transistors and resistors and, you know, different uh, switching processes. And in the process of that, like whatever month and a half of time that we spent doing this, Mm -hmm. I went way off the deep end of trying to figure out how to make this thing work and how switches and stuff work because it was just super fascinating at the time. and ever since it's, you know, it's just been one of those things that I've kind of understood, like, you know, a basic light switch, you know, how does this thing work? Why does it, you know, power goes in, power comes out and, uh, getting into the, the HVAC industry and the, the boiler side of things and, and whatnot has elaborated that significantly, yeah. but it's all just ons and offs, right? Yeah. That's, that's really all it is. And so I don't know. Thanks, Jim. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Harkins. Mr. Harkin. Harkins. <laughs> Harkins, yep. My my physics teacher in high school was a dink. 
<laughs> so I'm just going to say it. That's the way it was. <laughs> Nobody liked him that I know of. I certainly didn't, and mostly because he didn't like me. Yeah. Um. And he 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 was one. Of, he definitely made it known that he didn't like me. <laughs> well, it wasn't like him giving me you know a hard time because he's challenging. No, the guy just didn't like me. So there's to it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's when I learned, like, it's okay. You don't have, well, that's when I, that's, that's probably the lesson I learned was, is like, not everybody has to like you and you don't have to like everybody. So it is. Yep. It's a good lesson to learn in high school. That is is a good lesson to learn. It's a good, it's in a good adult lesson as well. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't forget it. Don't have to like everyone. I had a call the other day. Um, (laughs) I was looking at some plumbing stuff. A whole handful of things. And these people had just bought a house. They moved in. And I don't know if you know this, but this is pretty common now. People are buying houses, no inspections. Yeah. So they so they can actually get them, right? Because otherwise, right. if you're waiting for an inspector, somebody else is just going to outbid you and they're going to take it. Yep. So this is pretty common. Anyway, these people bought the house just down the road from me. It's super nice like that it's just down the road. It's like two miles away. Yeah. And they said, well, we have this home inspection report that we got uh, after we moved in. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> I kind of put two weird. and two together. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've actually, this is pretty normal. Anyway, uh, I get there and they send me the report. I said, well, can you send the report? Because, like, maybe I don't even need to come out. Maybe I just right. need to tell you, like, this, this, and this. And here's yep. the estimated cost. And I did want to go look at it because they had this thing in there about the funky looking sump system in their basement, uh, groundwater. And I'm like, right. that looks homemade, you know, <laughs> turns out it was completely homemade, yeah. but, um, and scratching my head, trying to figure out why somebody would, uh, in this 1970s house that never had, or maybe it was sixties, it was early, late sixties, early seventies that never had drain tile. Okay. Um, at the time, I'm wondering if it was just because this was out in the country enough. Yeah. Is but, it I mean, code I, there now? Did, well, or is just no, just yeah, for a long time. No, no, for a long time it has been, like decades. Okay. But I wonder if at the time it wasn't, or I will say this. We live, like, in this area, we're on top of, like, a thousand feet of freaking sand and gravel. So, like, right. you could just let the fire hose rip and <laughs> ain't going to flood anybody's basements. I'm telling you that right now. So what's up um, with the drain tile, then? Well, so they had this, so, okay, so here's what the situation is. You can't tell in the pictures from the inspector, and then inspector's notes are out, those those third-party home inspectors, like, whatever. Yeah. I don't take any of their stuff for, for gospel. Um, right. So I'm like, well, okay, I got to look at that. So actually, yes, I'm going to have to come out and look. And so that's why I'm on site, to look at it. It's a hole seemingly drilled, but might've just been busted into the concrete. It was pretty round and, but it's pretty choppy. So like, it looks like somebody had like a small hammer drill (laughs) with maybe like a half or bigger bit. It like just started drilling, you know, did the Swiss cheese in a circle, (laughs) which I've done a million times for different things. Like it works. Yeah. You cover it Um, up though. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, eventually you can't tell that I did that. Well, they did. You could tell this because the hole was probably, let's say, the hole. How big is a five gallon bucket diameter? Like sixteen inches, something like that. Okay, yeah. let's call it sixteen inches. Well, the hole was all of twenty, so like there's two inch <laughs> reveal all the way around this five gallon bucket. Which I'm like, is that a five gallon? I can't quite tell. Is that yeah. a five gallon bucket? Because around the concrete, 
is uh, the open space is the broken concrete rock. Right. Right. So what they did is they bust the concrete, removed it, put it in a pile. I can, I can just tell you how this was done. Cause I could see it all the final product. They dug a hole in the sand. Mind you, this is sand and gravel. I promise you that right. there is not a drainage issue um, with the ground. They dug a hole, put the five-gallon bucket in it, but they cut the bottom off. Right. And they drilled a bunch of holes in the bucket. Because this is how, you know. Yeah. yeah. So they made this sump, and then they refilled around the bucket on the outside, the extra two inches, with the concrete that they busted out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Following me so far? Yep. Yep. And then yep. they stuck then they stuck a pedestal pump in it with the float and yeah. everything. But they connected the pedestal pump to like a three or one inch PVC line. Okay. And okay. run it through the st- this is under a stairway. Okay. okay. With the door closing it off. Through the stairway wall and under the front porch is is an old is where their well line is. Okay. Old house. So yeah. like the well was stubbed up under this little tiny room under the front porch. Okay. Years and years ago, that room would have been used like a little, uh, storage. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been used for like a little, like people to put their canned goods in there. Cause it's, oh, it's not yeah. conditioned, you know, like it's a, I got you. a little concrete root bunker. Root cellar type thing. Yeah. Root cellar. Yeah. Concrete yeah, yeah. walls, concrete ceiling. Cause of this, the step front step is right above it. Yeah. Okay. But that's where their well line is. And a floor yeah. drain, because by code <laughs> you have to have the floor drain by the either the water meter or the well here. Like it's been that way forever. So they ran this over this groundwater sump over to the floor drain, and the inspector flagged it like, "Well, it's not supposed to dump into the septic system. It, that's you know, it's septic, not what you know." And yeah. and um, it's not supposed to dump into the sanitary sewer. It's supposed to be you know discharged outside. And they, so they were asking me like what is this thing? It looks weird. And do we need it? And, blah, blah, and I'm looking bone dry and I'm like, look, okay, here's the deal. This is homemade. Second. Yeah. No, it's not supposed to dump into that floor drain, but it's bone dry and there's cobwebs. I can tell you because I live right down the road right. with relative certainty that this is not needed at all. It was probably put here. I said, because at one point in time, the landscaping probably sucked and water was funneling down from hard rain or something into the basement, <laughs> right. like straight up. That's right. it. And I said, as I walked up, the first thing I noticed is your landscaping's like fresh and new. And they're like, oh yeah, they like redid it. It's beautiful all the way around. And I'm like, there you go. Guaranteed that they didn't have proper slope away from the house. And by this front step where there's these, you know, bump yeah. outs, all this stuff. I said, I bet you anything the valley of the roof was dumping right there. It was going right down into the ground, and it would show up underneath this stairway and underneath that yeah. that um that you know entry where the well you know that cellar. Oh yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I said, look, there's not a drop of water in here. I said, you keep an eye on it. I guarantee you, just keep an eye on it. If it, if this thing has water in it by the end of the summer, we'll do something about it. But I don't think it'll have a drop in it. Right. And so they bought that. But anyway. While I'm there, I'm they're they're like, well, do you do heating? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, boiler systems and stuff, but like, what's going on? And they're like, well, our our air conditioning isn't keeping up. No, like, oh, okay, well, let's take a look at it. I thought for sure it's the filter, right? Yeah. And um, so I get over there. Sure as heck, the 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 um the coils frozen, iced up. 
no right. water coming out. This thing's blowing to beat the band. And this thing is just the plenum. It, the coil box is just iced on the outside, even <laughs> frosty. And I'm like, oh boy, there we go. <laughs> and it was pretty humid in the house. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Maybe they just don't run it. But now things are starting to make sense. And I'm looking at this furnace. And oh my gosh. It's got a round, it's got two round drops out of the ceiling for the return air. A 10 and a 12 inch. And I'm looking at that going, ain't no way. It's a condensing furnace, by the way. So there's no way that those two round drops are pulling, you know, 150 CFM per 10,000 BTUs, which is your basic requirement on a condensing furnace for airflow. I'm like, there's no way. I don't like. I don't even. I have a ductilator in my van someplace. I don't have the app. I don't do duct work. Right, right. But I'm in. I'm like immediately looking at this and the little bit of duct work I've done over the years. I'm like, nope, not a chance. Not a chance. You've got a cross sectional area of you know, twenty two inches or whatever. Right. Round that is going to give you 150 cfm. It's an eighty thousand BTU furnace. So 150 times. Uh, 2000 something like that yeah Yeah, it's like 2000 some cf no way not even possible and so (laughs) i'm like well there's a problem because i pulled the air filter first thing i did right when i'm look before i even looked at this whole drop you know these return airs on it pull the air filter and it's fine and i'm like well what have you changed this and he's like oh yeah yeah and i pull it out it's clean it's like i change it like i've been changing like once a week i'm like oh well you don't need to do that (laughs) Yeah. It was a cheapo um, fabric filter, but not, you know, not a dollar filter, but it wasn't like a high Merv rating or FRP or whatever you found the other day. But uh, (laughs) anyway, so I told him that I'm like, this is the problem. First and foremost, you got to solve this and I can refer Mike Ringer over there and he'll get you taken care of. And because he's got all the tools and everything to work on, on tin. But then, uh, then I'm looking around. And oh, 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 sorry, sorry. I don't want to go. So I'm like, he, then he's telling me after I asked him about the furnace filter and I'm telling him about the duct work. He's like, oh, it makes sense. You know what I had to do is I've been coming down and every hour, <laughs> thank God the guy works from home. <laughs> he goes right. in the furnace room every hour. He turns the furnace to off, turns it back on. No, no, no. He goes down there every hour, pulls the filter out, puts the furnace in heat mode for 10 minutes, puts the filter back in, and then it melts the coil, and then he has cooling for an hour. That's what it was. That's what it was. He's like, I pull the furnace filter, I turn it on heat, and then I, you know, I'm running back and forth to the thermostat. I'm like, why are you pulling the furnace filter? And they're like, wait, why are you doing this in the first place? Like, this is crazy. It was like, you know, nuts. And so... (laughs) I'm like, well, <laughs> unfortunately, here's your problem. This is going to be continue to be a problem unless you fix this airflow issue. Yeah. And um, so we got him hooked up on that. And I think that's already fixed. That was just a few days ago or like end of last week. But so then I'm yeah. looking around and I'm looking at the, the whole rest of the place. And they got a tankless on the wall. And it's a it's a major brand that you can only buy from the, uh, man, you know, from the supply house, you know. So like I know there was a plumber involved. To right. get this tankless water heater, but that might have been the end of it. 
Cause I'm like, Oh, they're asking me about that. And like, well, is this thing take, you know, we heard that you have to service these annually and something like, absolutely you do. But if you do, it's going to last you a really long time. We have really good water around here and everything. And they're like, well, okay, well, how do you do that? And I'm like, Oh, it's really simple. I can either do it for you. Or, you know, if you're adventurous, you can do it yourself and you hook onto these valves. And I look under there, no valves. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Of course there's no valves. Like somebody put this thing in as cheap as freaking possible. There were sweat unions on it. They went through the right. trouble of putting sweat unions on the bottom of this tankless water heater, but they didn't even just put the valve kit. Right. It like, probably came with it. <laughs> what's that? I, uh, it's a, it probably even came with the valve kit. Well, no, it's the, uh, it's the, the brand other brand you're familiar with. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. gotcha. But they didn't put the valve. I'm like, oh, well, first of all, we need to cut those unions off and just yeah. put these valves on. And then once the valves are on, you can service thing, this thing every year. You can have me do it. Here's what it costs. Or you can do it yourself. But you're going to have to buy a little bit of tools ahead of time. And, you know, you yeah. won't save the first time around. But the second time you will. It's up to you. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll just have you do it. But you, what do you need to, you know, so then I explain the valve thing. And so then we're moving on. Um. And then I look over and here's, here's the softener. And I'm like, well, how's this thing going? It looks like an, it's an old store-bought model, like from Menards yeah. or something like that, you know, cabinet style. And um, I look at it and I'm like, oh, God. Things full of water, like to the top. I'm like, how's that even possible? <laughs> they, pl- they plug off the overflow in this thing? And how in the world? And I'm looking at the discharge, it's just shoved down a cast iron floor drain. I'm like, oh, boy air gap what you know yeah. like all this stuff in this house i'm looking at twisted gas line and like, jesus christ and so anyway i had a whole long list of things to do and it, it arrived from that uh yeah that non-home inspection home inspection like we're gonna move into this <laughs> house and then we're gonna worry about it afterwards i feel bad for these you know yeah like these people seemed really nice and they're like look we just liked the house we liked the lot it's really quiet out here and 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 they're not wrong it's a nice piece of property yeah so like they're just forced into buying these places because there's really no time for an inspection the market is pushing these things so hard you know i've heard of people buying houses paying you know tens and tens of thousands of dollars over asking on a routine basis That's just part of the problem. The other part is, is like they're being forced into buying it. No inspections, no nothing, because a lot of times sight unseen because there's somebody else is going to come in and buy it from them. And in this case, you know, now they're stuck with not that many real issues, but they've got to fix stuff that they would have known about ahead of time. And it's, you know, maybe they could have gotten some money out of the deal from the previous owner in order toward these repairs. You know what I'm saying? Or after the sale. Um, and I love taking yeah. on the work when I can, you know, when I can use it. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, overall, these people are now, you know, up to making some repairs that honestly should have been paid for by the previous owner. Yeah. I, th- I, th- it, it, we're, we are definitely, or have been in the last, I don't think we, I don't know if we are right now, but we had been in the past. In the past two years, at least here, uh, definitely in that similar kind of market where it was, you know, if if the homeowner or the buyer wanted a uh, an inspection, they, that was considered a contingency. You know, I mean, and it is a contingency, but it was one of those contingencies that was easily 
superseded by somebody that had an offer that didn't have a contingency. Exactly. Yeah. You know, hey, we got we got a hundred thousand dollars in cash, and we're going to finance the rest, and we're pre-approved. That's that's what we got. Here's our offer, and you know, or well, you know, we're going to finance the whole thing, and um, and we want to do this inspection, and we want this and that and the other before we really lock into it. And I mean, as a, as a seller, why wouldn't you take the one that was like, we're just going to give you a fistful of cash. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 30 days in. Totally out. agree. Totally agree. But, no, you're right. A hundred percent. I just think that it sucks. That's all I guess is what I'm saying. It does. <laughs> you it know, does. <laughs> yep. well, and I know in the last two years, we've looked at a number of remodel projects yeah. that are people that have bought houses to yeah. flip while the market was hot. And I walked away from at least two, um, one of which we ended up calling a, uh, the city of city officials on and said, hey, listen, uh, this isn't right. Yeah. What they're doing, what they're covering up is wrong. And the one, um, they were had a bunch of uh, asbestos insulation in the attic, uh-huh. and they were going to just uh, uh shovel it all off to the side so you couldn't see it without really getting to it and then cover it with blow-in insulation. And that way they didn't have to abate it. And, uh, I would, it was just like, I I'll, I'll go a certain just, you know, distance of like, okay, I get that you're trying to do this on a budget. Uh, but now when it comes down to life safety of the new homeowner, no, we're not covering that up. No. So, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's the asbestos in in specific as a whole. God. I hate yeah. dealing with that. People don't want to hear you when you say, "Oh, you got to get this abated." You got to what? Can I just cut it yeah. off when you're not? No, can't. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Some troubleshooting. Some that's um. It. Some complaining. You know what I'm going to do today? Look, I'm going that? to that house. I'm going to fix the excellent. I'm going to replace the softener. I'm going to install yeah. the service valves on the water heater. Uh, and then I'm going to fix go. the twisted copper flared gas line. That's literally, I'll send you a picture. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> How somebody left that is made a candy can. Oh man. No, you'd be surprised. <laughs> it's twisted like a, like a, uh, like what are those like butter pretzels? You know what I mean? The, the, the stick yeah. pretzel yeah. stick. The butter, butter braid. braid. Yep. That's what this <laughs> copper gas line looks like. That's what Before anybody yells or screams, copper for gas here is super common, has been for 40 years or more, 50 years. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, 50 since the 70s. There's nothing wrong with it. Works perfectly fine. Uh, and yep. But some Yahoo did this. Like, you just, it's not the gas line, it's the Yahoo. Yeah. All right, dude. You know, we never did right, welcome later. everybody to the Make Trades Great Again podcast. Yeah. So, uh, welcome and I don't know. Goodbye. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> Make it. sure you're sending us DMs uh, <laughs> or topic ideas or emailing us. You can DM us over on Instagram at Mick underscore Plum. That's Andy. And I'm at Mechanical Hub. Uh, we want to hear from you. If you got topic ideas or you want to tell us how we're doing or how much you hate us, especially me, let me know. Uh, and you can email us to it. Make trades great again at gmail.com. I got that right. Right, Andy? You you got it. You got it. Nailed I'll it. Right say it there. again. Make trades great again at gmail.com. It is the longest email that we could have thought of. Right? I yep. mean, 
Yeah. No, I, I was, I was aiming for, you know, 35 characters and Google said, no, we can't do that. Yeah. They're like, are you sure like it, you want like, it to be this long? You're like, well, I was looking for yeah. longer. Yeah. They kept, they kept uh, offering up like MTGA one or something like that. But I was like, oh no, we didn't spell yeah, no, it. Why would we want to make sense of this? <laughs> we want to make it really long. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't add podcasts at the end of it. I, sh- I should have. Make trades great again at gmail.com. Please give us feedback. And uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite streaming app, if there's a way to give us a rating on that, we'd appreciate it too. That helps other people find us. Uh, I know our topics are all, all over the place, but Andy and I are just two best friends talking about what we're doing every single day. And um, we love the feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Dude, all sure. right, that's enough. We got to go. Brad, see ya. Later.